Hello there, and thank you for joining us here at Lions Guide, where we empower you with the resources you need to reach heightened levels of success in your performance, business, and leadership. On these episodes, we set out to explore the stories of our guests and the lessons they've learned. We also interview various subject matter experts and review books and other resources to help you establish clarity, have courage, and lead the way. I'm your host, Dale Walls, and I'm the founder of Lions Guide. And what I've got for you today is a recent episode of the Lions Guide Leadership Series called The Flip Side of Leadership with our leadership coach and program director, Keith Flip Griffin. And in this episode, you know, we explore the book called The Four Disciplines of Execution. And what that is, is uh, 4DX, as it's known, is a simple, repeatable, and proven formula for executing your most important strategic priorities in the midst of the whirlwind. Whirlwind is when, as we all, especially if you're in business or own a business, the whirlwind, uh, you know it well, you probably don't call it that, but uh, that's that day-to-day grind, whirlwind, if you will, of all the things that are going on and require your attention. Uh, But by following the four disciplines, leaders can produce breakthrough results, even when executing the strategy requires a significant change in behavior from their teams. Flip and I dive into the book. We review our insights and discuss the key takeaways that we enjoyed from the read. This is a great episode and you're going to love it. So before we get started, though, hit that subscribe button now so you don't miss any of our other great guests and content. And also make sure you head over to lionsguide.com and check out our free resources, including the latest ready sheet downloads, our other book reviews, community events, live streams and trainings. New courses, discounts on memberships, workshops, and a whole lot more. Especially if you're a business owner who wants to perform and lead at your highest level, head over to lionsguide.com and access our free resources today. And with all that said, let's start the show. What's up? What's up? What's up? How is everybody doing today? My friend Dale is here today. Hello, sir. How are you? Hey, man. How's it going? Good. Good. Welcome, everybody, to the Flipside Streamcast. Not live this week, um, but that's okay. Uh, We are getting a uh, good book review that we wanted to get out for this month, for the month of August. Dale's suggestion, I hadn't actually read it uh, until... Um, so when we, we kind of put it on the list, it was one that I was really looking forward to. So it's uh, pretty exciting uh, to be able to kind of take it on. And it is absolutely fitting into what I am doing right now in my life in my other jobs. And so that's perfect. Uh, it was perfect to, to kind of look at. Excuse me. And that's the four disciplines of execution. If you don't know what it looks like, it looks just like this with a big X on it. Um, it's by Chris McChesney, Sean Covey, and Jim Hurling, uh, and a couple others, Miss Bev Walker and Scott Thiel. Um, and it's really achieving your wildly important goals. And Dale, I know for you, this is a big one that you use within your high performance. It's it's definitely something that you've integrated into it. And uh I wanted to really I want to let you lead kind of on it because I know it's it's this is important for you. This is one you said this is this is a game changer. This is one of my top, well, top yeah, 10. Yeah, it's an area I think it's like as far as business owners um, especially need to understand, um, you know, and, and it, it's there. I'll say like we talks about the four disciplines of execution, but there's some diversity here and there's some there's some big nuggets around, uh, you know, whether it's scorecarding and how to prioritize and focus and you know, so as a as a reference of really, I'll say, 
focusing your organization and identifying the most important things as relates to your strategy and getting your team aligned behind it. This is a really good book, not only in understanding it, but it brings a lot of resources to bear on how to implement this stuff too. Um, you know, notables, uh, the, the, the Sean Covey on this is, I believe the son of, um, Stephen Covey, um, you know, who wrote seven habits, highly effective people. If you haven't read that, go read it. Awesome. Awesome book to kind of bring you to, uh, bring you to earth. I mean, those are even the seven habits that, that promote it for a half a second is an area that even in the youth coaching, and I know we've not done our episode yet on leadership and youth coaching, but like that book, just fundamentally, I try to teach people like the principles out of that often as well. And and what's out of this book, I feel uh, when it comes to, to business, especially operations, especially, uh, I feel much the same. You know, I think there's there, these four disciplines are, are, again, I would say very impactful game changers with regard to how your organization operates. So, I mean, you're so you're 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 into it. You know, fresh to you. I read this. Uh, uh, looking at my notes here, I read this back in uh, 2020. Um, what, what, what are your kind of thoughts on it as you kind of go through it and what you're finding? I'm always someone who, first of all, I love, I, you mentioned one of the first things that stood out to me overall book-wise. I love the fact that you do get the kind of foundational stuff and then you get the implementation and 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 you know how you can kind of use it towards your business if you want to. Um, that was very important. I also loved how it fits in today's world perfectly, right? So uh, we're, we're going to get into them, but I think it. we are expecting to do, all, all businesses are expecting their people to do more with less, right? And so what you have to focus on then is how people execute and if they're executing effectively, right? Um, we, excuse me, we talk about clarity and focus all the time on Lion's Guide. And this really, you know, it takes that, I don't want to say a step further, but it takes it and says, look, make sure you're going out, whether that's we, you and I would know it as commander's intent, just you got to have those things. And it really gives some strategies that are, I think, easy to implement too. Like if you just took them, I like my everyday leadership because I think it's instantly like, okay, that's, it's, it, they're sim- it's simplified on my level. And I think these end up being the same way, right? They're not too, you know, sometimes you can get very scientific leadership books and scientific kind of high performance books that go into like the psychology and stuff. And those are good all well. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with them. I like though how this was kind of like a down to earth of like, yeah, this is, yeah, just think about this. Like we're, we live crazy lives. Let's just think about how we, we focus on something or think about how we're, because it's going to lead to better execution or it's going to, you know, whatever we end up doing. So overall, I like that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just a really powerful book. Uh, this got turned on to me by a former employee when I was uh, leading Corsica and man, I just fell in love with it. I mean, it was hard to put down. Um, like I say, I've got pages of notes from it and my notes for, as you guys know, how I read books, like I sit there and I read with a highlighter and I highlight, and then I come back and I kind of type up all those notes. And I know there's more technological, better ways to do that with Kindle and all that, but that's not me. Um, but that's what I do. And this one is, <laughs> I've just got pages for days from this group, from this book. Um, you do as well. I mean, so, I mean, let's jump into the four disciplines. Uh, you know, um, well, even before that, I think I think one of the things that points out in the beginning that I wanted to give a nod to is, you know, it's it's an it's natural for a leader to assume 
the people are the problem. And this was a big highlight for me because I agree. You know, I think if there's problems, you've always got to start looking at the system. And I feel your team are a part of that system. You know, you've heard me say multiple times, like I feel a business uh, is a work of art and, and that's everything included. So how you, you know, put together your masterpiece includes the people that you're selecting, your processes, your systems, your strategies, all those things are on the canvas. And I think a lot of times leaders, when things aren't going the way they want it to or expect it to or whatever, default to people. It's been my experience that the people are as good as the processes. And because uh, most people want to show up, they want to do a good job or else you wouldn't have hired them in the first place. But um, I just love that it calls that out. It basically says, as a leader, you own responsibility for the system, which is usually the starting point to evaluate the problems. And I agree. Yeah, I, I when it breaks it down and I, I'm in full agreement with you, right? We we focus on the people. Um, but when we when we look at the when we've talked about this many many times, right? You have to sometimes make business decisions that are about that, and that's incorporating the system. You're incorporating uh, the people, and you're incorporating kind of the services of everything that you do, and and executing on that. Whether it's executing HR, whether it's executing your basic fundamental of why you're there, whether it's executing on customer service, it's it's all has to be kind of exacting when you look at it and say, okay, because then in my eyes anyways, and this talks about it in the book, we'll get into this, but you can go back then and go, what broke down? Was it a person? Was it a system? Was it a, you know, was it, was it a a computer glitch? Whatever you can break it down and go, okay, we now know that it wasn't any of these other things. And we're still good with those as we build those, those, avenues and those veins within our within our body of our company um and then and then go back and fix the problem right i mean because yeah. it's easy when you can do that well in and this uh i'll give a nod to my lion's guide self-discipline course this is the one of the things i talk about what you mentioned here the importance of building a system is because you can't really make measurable changes or uh, hypothesize on changes to make unless you have a system to change against right yeah. if you don't have let's just keep it simple steps one through 10 identified con- and, and executed consistently so that you can look at the results of that system and and then start to make changes for a new desired result. Say it's producing better than you expected or not as good as you expected or whatever. And then you want to go to those steps one to 10 and start deciding what knobs, so like think knobs that you're turning on a machine. When I turn this knob, I should expect X to happen. If you don't have a identified and consistently executed on system, trying to make changes is effective changes, let's say, it, it is almost impossible because what are you changing yeah. if you don't have a system identified? And I think the other thing that leaders make a big mistake on and take some discipline is to, you can't change six things at a time. Right. Because change, that's change fatigue. Right. We had Laura yeah. Colbert come on. Laura comes on and talks about change fatigue. And and you got a system. And this whole thing. Right. Is about executing each one of any whether you're executing your business, whether you're executing change, because that you are you bring up a great point. Right. Of of 
if you're going to change, you need to know what you're changing from and what you're changing to, right? So there's got to be an endpoint, and we're going to talk about those things like lead and lag here. But you got to know where you're going, right? Because if you don't, I had a business, a good business friend of mine, and wanted to kind of start his business like like places he had been before, and now he's like, I want to take this on. All the right intentions, right? And thought, hey, I could just jump into this whatever, and then conveniently forgot that the places he was at had had multiple systems that he didn't see because he wasn't at those levels. And now all of a sudden, he's trying to be like that other places he's been, which is fun. It's kind of like trying to be a Google. Google doesn't just happen that they have sleeping pods and that they get free food. Like that doesn't just, it doesn't, it's, it's that they start from something and finally build into their systems of what they want, but they all have a starting point. Like you have to have your building blocks and then say, okay, I, I know I want to go and make sure that we get a ping pong table in the, in the break room. Great. But make sure that everybody knows that it's, it's not right. You know, like, why are you putting the ping pong table there? What are we executing on? What's the function? Like, there's a lot of that. And I think, I think building that, that, that start kind of pay and listen, not everybody likes that. That's the other thing, right? You think like, well, nobody's going to like to have all these rules. Well, the, the truth is, is that we love rules. Like it's okay to have the have those things because then you can move on from them and say, okay, now we're, this is, we know the basis. And now we can, if we all feel comfortable on moving towards someplace else, we can. So well, imagine, you know, look, you and I both have young kids, right? And you see something with the youngsters, I'm talking elementary age kids, and because you use the word rules, right? So imagine we're playing a game and we're playing a game, but we change the rules every time it doesn't go right, right? Like it didn't go my way. It's my house. It's my ball. We're changing that rule, right? Like, and now people get frustrated, don't want to play because now the rules are changing so often they don't know what it takes to win. So it is really important. And again, this is back to, it's a form of clarity, right? Like yeah, this, absolutely. people, people kind of, and I think it's a form of um, avoidance tactic. Like they talk down processes and, oh, it's too much work. And look, man, um, it's it's important stuff, you know, because when everyone knows the rules that we're playing by, every, everyone can then just go play, right? It takes, it takes a multiplier of thinking out of the execution. You don't need to think every step, right? It's defined and you go execute. And I think the other thing I just want to say to the leaders out there, something else that I see is, and this is going to go from clarity to courage, which is be willing to make mistakes, right? You know, you were saying earlier, you got to start somewheres. Yeah, start somewheres. And that's the point. Like if you start with a defined system, even though it's your first draft, first time, like you're defining a system based on a hypothesis of result. If I do these things, this is what I expect to happen. You do those things. What happened? And now you review, reflect, and adjust again. But don't, this is word I learned watching this type of problem, which is being pedantic, where you just try to check every single box of everything before you do anything, right? You, you just completely think it to death. And guess what? You're losing nothing but time and really probably good experience, right? Like of just starting with something and then finding out if those problems exist or whatever. Um, so don't be afraid to start with something, you know, start with something and then give yourself some grace to say, Hey, okay, 
first time through it didn't work. Let's let it let this don't don't just immediately start reacting and changing it every like it's good like the kid you know changes the rules every time the right. ball doesn't go his way. Let it go in, and and we'll talk about this here where it says like you said you want to go from X to Y in a certain time frame. Correct. Right? And so give it that time frame, right? Like like this afternoon probably isn't a good time frame for a good process. Right. So yeah, By you know, Z. Right. Unless you unless you completely miss something and the roof is on fire now, sure, pump the brakes and fix it. But um, give it give it some grace. Get some you know, be willing to make mistakes. It, when you don't have a system in place, and you know what, I, I'll be honest. I to all the leaders out there, I'll be honest that I've learned about this not only through the book but just through trial and error. You know, having been in the civilian sector now since just since mid eighteen, and excuse me, being at different. Uh, small businesses, you find out that everybody grows at different speeds, and that's okay. Later on in the in the show, I'm going to quote a great quote by by George Carlin that I think is is completely relevant here. But but <clears throat> I think we get focused on, and business leaders get focused on we have to have it this certain way because here's the template, right? My MBA said here's the template, or I've watched other people do it, and here's the template. You need to realize that the people that you have. And, and you yourself, you're going to change as a, as a business owner, as a leader, as you move forward. And I, I go back and I quote Powell, like giving the right leadership lesson to the person at the right time, that you owe that to yourself too, right? You can't just, if, if you guys are working on stuff, it's okay to start. And, and I'm going to kind of almost go outside of this book, but say, look, it's okay to just go, let's just see what we got. Like, we're not going to put anything, no expectations in it. To your point, don't be afraid to fail, right? Just just no expectations. And then from there, we can go, now we know. Because you're always learning, right? Like business yeah. ownership is always about learning. Like if you're not, I, I guarantee you, you are learning something all the time about your business, right, wrong, or what other, right? Either you're getting, you're getting hard facts, drilled into you saying, yep, every single time we do it, it's the exact same way. We know that. Or there's a lot of times where people are going, holy crap, the landscape of what we're doing is is changing at such a rapid pace. How do we keep up? Well, maybe it's your processes need to be as fluid as the environment you're in, right? Which is not necessarily the norm. So then you have to look at the bigger picture of saying, okay, what's our overall process versus all of our smallers, all of our smallers may be changing like this, but are overall together, right? So there's a lot of different ways to do that. And I, and I guess this, this leads right into the first discipline, right? Which is, and, and they reference it, not only is it on the cover, I think it can be used in a hundred different areas. It's, it's clarity, it's about focus, and that's focus on what's wildly important. And I love that they say wildly important. I think that's, that's great. To me, that's a lot about brilliant on the basics. That's how I kind of say it. Mm-hmm. But I think it really takes into account, and one of the things they really mentioned, which, which is important to me to to get it to get a grasp on this, is it was think that our modern society is obsessed with the idea of multitasking, and I think as a as leadership we we say that all the time. You've got to be able to multitask. You've got to be able to multitask. We were in aviation, and I would tell you that we had a thousand different things to do. And it made sure that we had a checklist for some of those. And some of them we had to commit to memory. Some of them we could open up, right? Cookbook style, whatever it was going to be. And I think, but when you're focusing on what's wildly important and really saying, okay, what do we really need to make sure we're doing here? Whether that's a business decision, whether it's an HR decision, what's, what's the, 
what's the kind of meat and potatoes of this whole thing? What's the most wildly important? There may be six or seven things surrounding it that are going to be affected by this one decision or this one thing that you have to do, but that's okay. Focus on what's there. Use your core is the way I looked at it. Um, because we do, we expect people to multitask. So if we can get a person, a team, an, uh, an entire company to say, okay, here's what's important so everybody knows, the rest of it, if that's in their mind, it's come out kind of like commander's intent, right? What's This is what's important to me. Okay, th- now you carry out whatever you guys got to do knowing what that pe- part is. Yeah, and uh, the book goes for So yeah, discipline one, focus on wildly important. Um, it talks about, um, you know, it also talks about the needs of the business. It refers to it as the whirlwind, right? Like the business is going to be operating and it's going to be a whirlwind. And what we're saying here though is, you're identifying one to two wildly important things that even though the whirlwind's spinning, we all agree in this period, we're going to get this one to two thing done because they are the most impactful items. They're the needle movers. They're the one that they are the things that are taking you in the direction of progress, right? To make things better. Um, because, you know, you, you see this, right? You see, uh, you have an initiative over in a quarter or something like that. And you have a meeting about how important it is. And then inevitably I've seen like someone comes back and, and you hear about these other problems with the, the whirlwind, like stuff. Well, well, yeah, I wasn't doing that because I was hyper-focused on our, our number one thing, like from since last week, remember it's like, yeah, but that's in addition to the work, right? Like we've got to manage the whirlwind. We've got to operate still, but we're going to operate in a way that we can work on this. And that's why you only do one or two of these because they are usually heavy lifts. Um, you know, and I think um, it, it, I, I did want to mention that, that I call these things like, you know, I call them MI2s or needle movers. These are the things that are going to be the most impactful items or they're going to actually move the needle for, you know, efficiency or whatever. Yeah, what, one of the ways I like to to use it in kind of how I how I look at it is um, I had someone once tell me this is a long, long time ago, and I, I have taken this on ever since. But you, as a business owner, as a leader, doesn't matter whoever you are, you're juggling, you're, you're a juggler, right? You're juggling balls is what you're doing, right? And some of your balls are glass and some of your balls are rubber. And you got to know which ones are which, number one. And you got to know which ones I can drop and you know they're going to bounce back up to you and which ones are glass. And you know if you if you drop those, there's you got big problems. And I think just simplifying it to that effect of saying, look, you just got to know, you got to know which ones. Because some of them are, it, it's, you know, you can take prioritization in there. You can pick compartmentalization. You can take, you know, making sure you have clarity, trying to find clarity, trying to find your focus, all those same things. But let's simplify it and just say, hey, you're a juggler. Just know which ones you can't and when. And by the way, and I think this is really simple too. Sometimes that glass ball is going to turn to a rubber ball, right? If you stay and and that rubber ball may turn to a glass ball at sometimes. It just it just happens like that. And so you got to know when you know recognize what you're juggling and recognize what you can go or not let go. And that that I think is focus on what's wildly important, you know. And and if we we ever start doing our uh, our, our live. Our, our live uh, show, shows, live shows. It's a show because we're going to juggle. But if we're going to do our live lectures uh, and you come out, I'm, I'm going to hand you 
I'm going to ask somebody who can juggle in the audience and I'm going to give you those glass balls and rubber balls. And I'm going to, you tell me which ones you want to drop and you don't want to drop because when you do it, you'll, you'll really see. So yeah, I I love that one. I think it's, like I said, it's one of the things, and I know for you personally, and I can tell everybody, Dale is always focusing myself and focusing the people he, he works with. What, what are we focusing on? Whether it's this meeting, this, cause you get simplified to that, right? What are we focusing on this meeting? What are we focusing on this uh, you know, this streamcast, what are we focusing on in our business as a whole, if we're looking at funnels or whatever we're doing. Right. And so I think that's super, that, that is it, the book nails it for that. Right. If you're going to execute to a high level, you got to make sure that you're focused on what's wildly important. So and it, it, a couple of good highlights I had just in this area, you know, one of which he said, uh, there will always be more good ideas than there is the capacity to execute. Yep, absolutely. 100%, man. And here's the thing. Just create yourself in your Google Drive or your Evernote or your OneNote or whatever, a list and call it idea trap, right? And as ideas come, just throw them in the trap, man. Like they don't, because, you know, it's it's the dog chasing squirrels, right? Like right. your ideas are going to come, but you can't, yeah, they're probably good, but you can't go, it goes back to change fatigue and or change whiplash. Like you just can't be that leader who's running in the door every day with this new epiphany that everyone's just kind of getting ripped back and forth on, throw them in a list, relieve your brain of it. (laughs) And then when you come up on your monthly or quarterlies or whatever, then bring it up at the proper time and place, right? We've all seen those leaders that are just reactive, reactive, reactive. And that's just, that's not just in the, in those environments where you have a lack of systems, but the lack of discipline, you know, to stay focused on the one or two major things. Um, and the other point I wanted to kind of make in this area was the the quote from uh, Stephen Covey that said, you have to decide what your highest priorities are and have the courage, pleasant, smilingly, unapologetically to say no to other things. And the way you do that is by having a bigger yes burning inside. And that's basically saying the team agreeing that this is the most important thing. And that is what I call in the high performance coaching side, the power to say no, right? When you're clear about what you should be working on, when you're clear on what your schedule looks like, um, and it's and you're committed to those things, um, it's really empowering. Because when you have a blank schedule, because you just show up every day and you just lollygag through your day based on whatever's coming at you or whatever you feel like doing or whatever pops in your inbox, well, as things pop, you don't have the power to say no because you really don't have true accountability to how you intended to spend your day or how you intended to spend this quarter on the most important things. And those things are important because that's how you catch yourself in that trap of zigzagging all over the place because you just don't have the power to say no. Right. And it goes into a little bit more and you, you talked about the traps, right? Your little good idea traps. We as leaders, sometimes it's easy to see a shiny object, right? Like it really is easy to see a shiny object and go, Man, that's so cool to add to our add to our what you know our our repertoire of things that we can do. But I think the important thing to 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 realize, and this really does this in here wildly important, is a couple things. And and one is, and it mentions it in here, saying it may be a really good idea, but it doesn't meet your goals, right? And so, mate, the your goal should be to finish that goal. 
get to that goal before we start to take on. Now, there's timing stuff of saying, hey, I got to do market impact, right? There's going to be things that do that. But then you got to break down capacity of your team because if you if you add all that and your team gets unfocused, you're going to miss those initial goals and that's that's not what you want. And so this really focuses on, okay, what's there? Because you can always go to the idea trap. I'm, I had a good, one of my good leaders, my last CEO actually, before I got out, used to have a board in his thing. It said big rocks, little rocks, pebbles. Mm-hmm. And he would, that's how he would organize it, right? And see like, what's his big stuff that he's got to do? He can't miss. Maybe it was for the Admiral or for the Commodore. He had his little rocks and then he had his pebbles of stuff. And you know, his, his pebble list got really long and he didn't always get it. And he would make a conscious effort probably once a quarter, I would say to go, okay, I really need to get to some of these pebbles because they were right. They were the pebbles pieces or, or when he was able to get to them. But, and that's how he did it. And everybody can have, have something else. And there's also a quote though. And I, and I mentioned it before. I want to bring it up by George Carlin, the great late George Carlin, everybody. If you don't know, he's a, a comedian. I'm, I'm sure you've heard of him, but it was really was impactful to this. And, and whether you got his political sarcasm and how he had his things and the seven words that were, Definitely can't allow to say on here, but but he had a quote here that that I think is really important, and it and it really looks to me I I when I read the wildly important and went back and was really focusing on it. This was what one of these things came to my mind when I remember him. It's the American view that everything has to keep climbing, productivity, profits, even comedy. No time for reflection. No time to grow up. What time? Uh, what no time to learn from your mistakes. But that goes against nature, which is uh, cyclical. And I, I love that because what it allows you to do is it allows someone to say, once I've focused on what's really important and we've reached it, now it's time to, before we meet, and maybe even before we move on to the next idea, hold on, let's, let's see the impact of what we're doing here. Because maybe, and James Tyler brought this up in small business, you, don't, you may not have to keep this just getting bigger and getting bigger and getting bigger, right? Like it could be, you could be fine just getting to a certain point and being really good at that one thing. Right. And so I I just remembered it. And as I was reading all those things, it was just, it was really interesting to me to that kind of like, we forget that as leaders to say, man, you're, you're an HVAC and now you guys are moving to plumbing and now you guys are moving to lawn. Like, wait, hold on a second. Like, what are you guys really good at? Like, you know, like if you're just mediocre and that's, and, and sometimes you want to be the jack of all, because like, I wrote that down too. I was like, jack of all trades, master of none. Like you get into that trap if you don't prioritize and really look at what's wildly important to you. So those are so a couple extra things that I and even have. on these focuses, right? You know, one tool for everyone's tool belt, just the question of what are you solving for? You know, just in your example, like again, back to what's, what your focuses should be you know, these pile of ideas that come through or whatever, I like to ask of them, what are we solving for? So we're HVAC company. Hey, we should be doing plumbing. What are we solving for? Right. <laughs> what are we solving for? Right. Well, clients, you know, we have no good referral source for plumbing or we've tried these folks and there's a lot of poor service. No one's really good and it's making us look bad. And we got a couple guys that came from plumbers and they know how to do it. In fact, we got to run piping. We got to know that anyway. Hey, you know, right now you're solving for something, right? Like just because you could doesn't mean you should. Um, And always kind of start those things with what what are we solving for? You know, because usually when you start to answer that question, uh, again, it starts to 
compartmentalize the needle movers to the to the you know just idea pool right like the needle movers like you're solving for something you're either getting more efficient or you're growing or whatever the case may be but the ones that really just aren't solving for anything um you know they'll land where they land yeah absolutely Hey guys, Dale here, and I wanted to take a quick break to invite you to join the launch of the Lions Guide community called The Pride. You see, whether it was at work dealing with the demands of the day or maintaining the demands of my life at home, I always seemed to feel like my struggles were unique, like somehow I was the only one struggling to find joy amidst all the weight that I felt I was carrying each day. And you know what I've come to realize is that we all have our struggles that we're up against, and it's pretty demanding. The only way to rise to those demands is to decide and make the change to adopt a growth mindset, to be what I call a high performer. And that's why I started Lions Guide. I want to help you break through to the next level of you and your ability to not only meet, but exceed those demands on you. And in doing so, find your joy again. If you're a growth-minded individual ready to make a change, then I'm here for you. And this is how you get started. I invite you to visit lionsguide.com and sign up to join the Pride. The Pride is the Lions Guide community for growth-minded members like you. Once signed up, you'll get special access to all the free content and resources I'm putting out there. You'll also be invited to join my live online events where I host sessions on personal growth and high performance. You'll also be able to engage with other growth-minded members on our private online group. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast as a member, you'll get access not only to all the podcasts, but also the podcasts that have been yet to be released. So get access to all this and more. So break out of that rut, break into your next level, and join me on lionsguide.com, and let's grow together. Go to lionsguide.com and become a member of the Pride today. Now back to the show. That kind of leads us to to number two, though, and uh, Mm -hmm. it's act on lead measures. Act on your lead measures, and it's about uh, the discipline of leverage is what it's it's really focusing on um and so i i think when you talk about the in the way it talks about leverage i thought was really interesting because it talks about it in the sense of your team's energy time and resources right and you're trying to you're trying to take advantage of those three things right because you're going to run out of time you're going to run out of your team's energy and you're going to run out of resources at some point so you want to maximize the time you have to do that because if you think about it Right. When it when it talks about this this discipline of leverage, what what you're really talking about is saying, look, because this is the way I saw it, too. And I think about it this way. You have you're always going to have you may have someone who uh, you may have a female in your team that that wonderfully gets pregnant. Right. And they're the best at something. But now all of a sudden, right, they got they get their absolute time to, to go do that. You may have someone who caught COVID. You may have someone who, uh, there's all kinds of things that you can put in to, to this equation of that. And, and someone okay. can sit by the bus, you right. know, that's right. what and everyone's horrible, right. Horrible. Right. But, <laughs> but, but I mean, you can talk about single point of failures too, but what I'm thinking about it of saying in the sense of saying, look, <clears throat> if you're set, if your business is set up for success, you have a great team, you still can only use them so much. Right, because you don't want to burn them out. You want to because if you if you burn out, you're gonna the ideas, the 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 positive energy that you have and they bring to the team, it's gonna fade, right? And you're trying to capture that and recapture it every single time, right? You want them to walk in the door and go, you know, bam, so I'm excited to be here. What are we gonna do? Maximize that, right? Because it's look, we're humans. The way I looked at it, I was like, dude, we're human beings. You're gonna you're gonna get to a point where you're like, man. We're doing, okay, we're doing this again. Or, or, or maybe not. Maybe it's, it's, oh, we're, oh my God, we're doing something different. Like, wait, hold on. So 
you got to be able to maximize that time when everybody's, I, I think of it like, all right, we give everybody, what time does coffee wear out, right? Like when the coffee wears out, your leverage is, now you got to get creative with your leverage or whatever you want to, whatever you want to say it is. But I looked at it like that when I was leading and, and they were talking about lead and lag measures here too. But I, I really liked that fact of saying, look, we got to maximize that that bubble before before we, you know, we, we hit the crescendo and then it starts to go down. How do we maximize that time is, is the way I looked at it. Yeah, this goes a little bit back to what we were saying in the beginning about understanding the system so you know what levers to pull, right? And and then you can leverage, you know, those actions. But, you know, I think the most important takeaway of discipline too is this. Um, probably one of the best quotes from the book on this one was, you know, managing a company by looking at the financial data, which is lag measures, is the equivalent of driving a car by looking in the rear view mirror, right? Um, so lead and lag indicators, you know, what, what we're saying here is, you know, you've got to focus your people on those levers, the things that, that move the needle for the results. Um, you know, if you listen to anything Lions Guide on this topic, for me at least, you'll hear me talk about, you know, the report card, you know, what, is the report card. The report card is a lagging indicator because once that report card delivers and you're handing it to mom and dad, there's not a damn thing you can do about it. Those grades are set. Those grades are a result of the things that happened throughout that school semester, right? The things that happened throughout that school semester are your lead indicators your lead indicators, right? Did I do my homework? Did I go to class? Did I get good grades on the quizzes and exams. Those are all things that are manageable here and now. Doing your homework, you have complete control over that. Showing up to class, you have complete control over that. Studying for the exams, you have complete control over that. And if you do those things, which are your leading indicators for your results, you don't even need to see the report card because you know, you know, yeah. you know what it is. You, you aced all the exams. You did all your homework. You showed up to class every day. I don't even need to see it, mom. That's an A in math. I know it. And that's what leading and lagging indicators are. And you want to get your team focused on the leading indicators, right? You want to get your team focused on when the report card delivers, or do you want to get them focused on getting the assignments done? Because that's what makes the grade. Um, and this is something that's a challenge, I think. You know, when a team does not have a scorecard, um, this can be a challenge, <laughs> you know, uh, because people default to the results. You know, um, and you really got to ask yourself, well, how does that happen? How does, you know, hey, we need we need we need more profits. Great. <laughs> profits are a result. They're a lagging indicator. When you close the month, that that's like the report card. Uh, what gets us the profits? Well, I don't know what's been getting us profits so far. Right. You start start breaking that thing down to what makes that result. And that's going to tell you what your leading indicators are. And now you've got something tangible to get your team focused on uh, every day. And then they don't need to see what the report card is. They know what it's going to be. It's nice, yeah. to see, of course. Yeah. Well, yeah. And there, there's your other point, right? Like you got to, this is, your lagging indicators also are those goals, though, that you do put out there and say, we want to get to those things, right? We want to get to those. The way I look at it for leads, to me, I'm a huge checklist. I'm a checklist manifesto book guy. I love it. I think it's just, I, I, I'm, especially when you're doing something for the first time, we talked in the beginning about setting your goals. We talked about this entire book being able to be used, you know, 
whether you whether you put things in place and systems before you even start doing stuff or you don't, at some point, what you need to be able to do for lead indicators is 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 hey, here's a checklist. Let's build a checklist for it because you know if you do these seven things, we know we're gonna get this this regular this this result later, right? So you take it up. In my eyes, too, I was looking at lead and lags as as little bites and pieces versus big bites and pieces, right? So your little goals are being able to let's get a checklist in there because we know, man, we want to put through this, you know, this point cloud every single time the right way. Well, cool. We have these 10 things we're going to make sure that we do every single time or check for. We may not do them, but we need to check for them every single time. Versus if I do those, I already know then the, the client's going to get a beautiful product in the end. We don't even need to worry about it, right? Or as long as everybody else does their checklist items on their thing, right? And then it comes as a whole. And I, what I like about this too, and I wrote this down, there's a lot of new creative jobs out there in our world, right? Chief people officer and chief whatever officer and and you know happiness police and whatever we have at our, our companies. If if you're going to put those in, and even your regular jobs, right? Even, even your senior managers, whatever, even your brand new employee. <clears throat> if you if you try to give everybody, if you do this, this will act to this, these, these, if you give them their own leads and lags and and good the goals are the lags. I think what you end up doing is, is you're setting the standard and system like we've been talking about this whole time, right? You're setting those things so they could be successful because if you can give them great lead indicators that help them get to where they need to be and be successful for what you hired them for, guess what? They're happy. Then they're like, I accomplished this. I did what my boss or what my team leader, or what my whoever wanted me to do. And then you're good, right? I mean, then, I mean, you're building this whole, I hate, we hate, the word I don't hate the word culture. Let me just for that. I don't hate culture, but you're you're getting this whole if then this then right. So it's x plus y by z right is what you're ending up kind well, of. Well, there's doing. there's tangibles right. Yeah, like absolutely. It's, uh, I think it was this book or at least some book I read. Um, they use the example of like a baseball game, right? Like imagine a baseball game being played and they didn't keep score, right? Like you're watching a game but they didn't keep score. It, there's not a lot of fun in that. There's not a lot of fulfillment in that for the teams playing. Um, so to your point about the the necessity of it, right? This goes back to um, the four truths about employee engagement. Um, what people people want to know what a good job looks like and a, a appropriately set leading indicator scorecard tells them exactly what a good job looks like. Like this, this is your score. This is your scoreboard. This is what you're aiming for every day. And that's very, that's again, hashtag clarity and very fulfilling for them to know if they're, if they're just operating and they don't know what the score is, they don't know what a good job looks like. Um, it's, it's tough to feel fulfilled by your job. And I, and I think there, there needs to be a caveat to this. And if you wouldn't have put it in the context of baseball, I probably wouldn't have even have thought about it. I went to my first baseball game probably in a very long time, probably uh, two months ago, right? There were more stats on the board about everything besides just the score than I like the velocity that the ball was being thrown, the velocity of the ball being hit out. They've, they've merged like slugging percentage plus another percentage now that you get some new percentage. And I, and I kept thinking to myself, like, have we over? have we overcomplicated this where it doesn't like 
now I'm watching the little league world series, or at least I've, you know, you see highlights and I'm like, there, there's the purest form, right? There's the purest form of a kid throwing a ball. It's a run. It's a score. I, I think you have to be careful. What, what you need to be able to do too, is you can't saying what we've just said about setting these things up for people. You, you have to put it on a, to me, you have to put it on a sliding scale, right? It always has to be on some sliding scale. Do you want them to be successful? Absolutely. That's the whole point of running a business is wanting to be successful and being, you know, meeting mission, meeting goals, meeting, meeting, meeting whatever you have, profit margins, if that's it. But I think what we need to do too is, is when you have your leads and your lags, you want to make sure that it's on a sliding scale. You want to take advantage of the fact that things are going to happen and that the, the human element comes into it, right? So it's not just about all these things. Like you and I do it all the time, right? And I probably do it worse than you, right? Dale, Dale will tell me, I'll let everybody on the signal. Dale will be like, the, the time to go is one thirty, And I'll be like, can we push five? And I always feel bad asking you that we need to do it. But that's somewhat true of the sense of saying with everybody else, like you need your, your leads and lags can change and they need, you need to be able to pivot on those as a leader to say, okay, it changed because of X, Y, and Z. Got it. What's the new thing? Can we still meet? Can we can't? Because what you'll find out is you'll find out, you may find out a lot of stuff that you don't, that you don't even know about. Right. And so you need to, you need to make sure that those are there because it kind of leads into the last one, you know, which is keeping, or not the last one, discipline three, which is keeping the record. So when things do change, well, why you can go back now and you can look and say, oh, okay. Cause it might've been better, right? It might be better. Like I'd be very surprised to know. And I would love to, to, if we could just pull magical information out of the air, that's completely true without any, you know, being pulled from whatever, how many businesses during COVID changed and now they're better because they were doing things before and now all of a sudden COVID made them do it a, a different way and now they're more efficient. Now they're more workflows or whatever. And like, I know we get the stories about, oh, our, our business was, you know, we were shut down or whatever, or, you know, which is horrible. But how many of them were like, man, it opened our eyes to do this in a different way that we never thought about before because we weren't faced with that, right? So our, all of our leads, we were going off the same leads and lags that we had been for for years and doing great and now all of a sudden without even having like wanting the change at all because i don't think anybody wanted covid and what happened but now all of a sudden it changed but now they have a record too right so they have a they have a record about it they can go back they have to kind of look at it um because if you don't you're just kind of pulling stuff out of the air right well, it's yeah, it's same thing. Like, like again, uh, they used an analogy of the car, you know, like, you know, we talked about like driving a car by looking in the rearview mirror. Um, you know, if you're only focused on the financials or only focused on the uh, the lagging indicators. But, you know, imagine driving your car down the road with no dashboard. Right. Can't see the speed, can't see the gas, right? Like, um, and that's, you know, and so you take a COVID how do you know how COVID really impacted you? Really? If you weren't keeping score, you know, of your performance, not just, again, not just the PL, but like how many widgets were you getting out? How many hours were you billing? How many calls were you taking in? Right. You know, like not just the financials, but your operations, right? We're talking about execution here. You know, your financials are almost always going to be the, the lagging indicator. So right. having, having a score board, um, and, you know, and you're talking about the baseball thing. I get you, you know, and, 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 you know, 
I guess what you want out of your scorecard is meaningful data, right? Simple data, sure. right? Uh, can you get to it easily, right? Is it simple? Can you, is it accessible? Um, does it, um, you know, show leading and lagging indicators? Um, yeah, Billy Bean changed it for everybody, right? With yeah. the A's and OB, did his OB, thing. On base percentage, right. We could make an argument now that you're seeing all these data sets within football of saying, well, here you're supposed to go for it. Here you're not. When's the fourth down? Will you end up being up in no man's land? Right before it was three and out, you're done. You're yeah. hunting. There's no there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Every once in a while, did you take a fourth down? Now it's like um, uh, some teams, it, we're always going it for on fourth, right? I mean, unless you're you know totally pinned or something. Raven, or Ravens think. felt like they were going on it for fourth every freaking fourth down last season. Jeez. Sorry, dude, we don't have. Well, you, listen, you had a lot of injuries last season. You had a lot of injuries. I'm going to give you guys credit. You got it. You better secure that contract. Is what you better do. Speaking about lead and lag indicators, you better secure that contract for your for your quarterback. But um, so no, but but I think I think when it when it talks about the scorecard, my only caution. Listen, I'm I am a hundred percent into. You can't just pull pull your feelings out of the air when you're going, especially when you're going back for a QA or you're going for reviews, you're going for a lessons learned. You really have to have good, good data that you're pulling from to make decisions, right? Like you have to be able to do that, especially when it's like, just, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm pulling this in, but if it's HR stuff driven, you really need to know what you're talking about. Cause there's been plenty of times in the companies I've worked for and looking as a CEA, the perception is one thing, but then when you, kind of really look at it and then take into perspective, then it becomes something else. And you're, you're, you really having a good data set kind of data sets to pull from and saying, this isn't really what it's good for. Then I think it's, it's what it helps you do. It really helps you then clearly define whether you're succeeding or whether you're failing. Cause I would make an argument with you, what you said, I can absolutely drive a, a car without a dashboard and I can stay with the quote unquote flow of traffic. Right. But, but so you think, well, let, because you, you won't know, right? Like, how do we know? Like, you're saying you can you you could successfully do it with your experience, but the point is because you're talking about like intuition, right? right? Like, like you can have some intuition, and you're going to drive without the dashboard with your intuition and your experience, correct? And you can get so far. I think out of right. most yeah. of the stuff that we've talked about, you can actually get pretty far like that, and and you could go. Most small businesses do, right? Like, in fact, I think most businesses are like that, right? Especially new businesses at the start. They're just like, I've seen a guy do it. We could do it better. Let's go do it. Okay, great. No problems. And and I think you can actually be pretty successful. There have been plenty of successful businesses that have done that like that. And you could get away with it actually for a long time, right? Like, if they never checked your license plate and your honor expired license plate and you all and you never you never hit or you never ran a red light you, you never did a speed you never sped nobody's ever going to check your license plate and see that you're registered or that you don't have a license it's never going to happen so but chances are and this is the same thing in business chances are something's going to come up that's going to force you to look at something and be more detailed in the business side, right? And this is where you get the MBAs versus the other people saying, well, I could fall back on, look, I'm not, I don't, I'm not arguing either way. I think you need experience and you need knowledge. I don't care where you're getting it from. You can get it from a bunch of places. You could run a small business without having ever been, you know, to, to one of those schools. It's very hard to run a big business or uh, 
Fortune 500 without having the educational background and experience learning over time of understanding what you need to be looking for and why it's important. And hey, give me your straw mans. And hey, this right like there, it's there's no arguing that part. So I think being able to keep those scorecards and and by the way, it's good for yourself too, right? Like they're good checks if you think of. Well, that's what I was going to say with your yeah. car analogy there, right? Like here, here because yeah, a, a lot of founder owner small businesses who start a business because they want to do a job, they create themselves a job, it grows, they hire people, you know. But there comes a point for whatever the reason that you need to start organizing things and. With your analogy with the car, right? Sure, you may have been had that business for five, 10 years and you never had a scorecard and you never had to document the processes. You just hire and tell them what to do, they do it, blah, blah. But if you had that dashboard and you looked at it and said, wow, all this time I've only been going 45 in a 65. If only I would have known that if I pushed the pedal a little bit harder, I'd be going 60 miles an hour and I could have been going 60 miles an hour for the last four years, but I just didn't, I didn't know. I thought we were going as fast as we could go. And, and that's where this stuff, again, intuition's great, but, uh, and, and you need it. Like you need to make those gut calls. Like, you know, Vegas nerve is real, you know, the feeling that you have in your stomach and ties directly to your brain, blah, 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 real stuff. But, um, it's good to check it, right? Like, yeah, I'm, sure. I'm sure the oil is good. And I won't last chain time you change it. I don't know. I'm sure it's good. I feel it feels like it's good. I'm pretty sure it's good. Right. Wouldn't right. you want to just check the little thing, you know, make sure right. you got oil in it? So uh, and then you might go, yeah, see, I told you, or crap. Wow, I'm really low. So it's 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 important to have these scorecards, love them or hate them, you know. Um, learn to love them. You'll 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 go farther. Yeah, and I think one of the other parts that it mentioned in here was it was mentioning team engagement driving results and how it's only the right engagement that it's going to drive results, right? You go back to your leverage and and really leveraging the right time, you can have somebody that's completely engaged on on things that aren't your goals, right? Or they're not part of your of your lead indicators that you're looking forward and then you're like, dude, this this dude's clocking in, clocking out every day. I see them working and all of a sudden you realize that they're not engaged on meaningful stuff, right? So having like we would like to call clarity and you'd like to right, we like making sure that your people are engaged on the things because it's that it's that that clear engagement about stuff and and really the commander's intense, like we talked about what's wildly important and all that stuff is what really they focus on of saying, hey, look, make sure it's just not doing work for work, right? I mean, because what's the point of even having them come in? if they're working on stuff that's not drawing down. Now, well, we I, think, I, I think a part of this great resignation and terminations and kind of a lot of this reset that's happened over the last two years, again, back to the necessity of COVID, right? COVID necessitated checking our operations and, and dealing with things. It, it necessitated it. Um, but I think also it made organizations look at people, right? It was a big crunch, you know, when, you know, 2020 was a crunch year and uh, cash flow became a real big problem for a lot of organizations real quick. And uh, they started looking around going, well, what does Johnny really do? You know, uh, right. What is that position really intended for? You know, it's not managed well. In fact, it's, you know, inefficient 
to, to today's processes or what we need. So um, there's there's a bit of that type of um, scenario thanks to the COVID in a way. Yeah. yeah, and then and then that leads us really into the last one, and we saved it for last. Be- well, because it goes that way in the book, but <laughs> also it is the last one. <laughs> it is the last one in the book, but it's also one that we've talked about a hundred times. That you know, and, and extreme ownership to me, uh, Jocko and, and life in them. But it's it's encouraging accountability, right? Um, and perf- you know, performance tracking, and really the how are you consistent performance tracking, right? And which is leading to accountability for people. And listen, I think like everything else, we've gotten report cards since we were in kindergarten and they've told us how we were doing and how well we were doing. I think it's encouraging for both employees and from, from both sides of the, of the leadership coin, whether you are, are on a team or whether you run a team, right? However that pans out to you, <clears throat> I think you are, uh, we are programmed to want to know how well we did and are we doing good? And we owe it to people to tell them good, bad, or others how they are, right? Clear, consistent, and transparency, right? You have to be able to give it to them uh, kind of straight because I think, um, what does what it talks about? It talks about the foundation and the final, dis- the final discipline and accountability is where the action is going to happen. And I, and I would agree with that, right? If they keep doing the wrong thing over and over again, it leads back to to kind of what we just had talked about, which was just it's engagement, but it's not meaningful engagement. So you want to know and you want guidance to say, I'm doing good, I'm not doing good, right? Um, and if you take it to this perspective too, I did this when we had technical rates in the Navy, but you could do it in colleges. And I think this is what you saw probably in the millennials a little bit, which was I went to school for this and there were no jobs for me outside and now I got to do something completely opposite. Well, listen, if people go and they you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, I want to be a, uh, whatever, an accountant. Cool. And then, you know, you go through accounting in college, you pay for all that, you come out and then there's no accounting jobs. And now you've got to work at an insurance and you're selling insurance just because you have a four-year degree. That's not a, that's not a purposeful thing, right? And you need to know. So I, I think when, when we set our society up to be like this, what we're setting up for then is also to be able to give feedback to them and, and give them what essentially accountability for their actions to do the job that they want to do, right? Yeah. Another area, you know, especially again, developing leaders, um, you know, again, especially business owners that are taking on a leadership role, maybe they hadn't had in the past. And this, this cadence of accountability, um, you know, some leaders like to dealt, give a directive and walk away. Right. And what I feel this discipline is saying is that, you know, having a cadence of accountability, right? So uh, having a routine of following up on these most important items, right? Reviewing the scorecard, making sure everyone's still on board board with the commitments. Um, These things, as opposed to, again, this reactionary leadership where you give someone something to do and you don't, you just turn your back and don't think think about it anymore. And then two weeks later, it comes to mind. You go, yeah, hey, Johnny, how'd it go on that thing I gave you two weeks ago? And the Johnny's like, yeah, man, and, you know, I never got to that. Now, well, now you just lost two weeks, right? You know, so as a leader, this discipline just generally, just having a cadence of accountability. And let me tell you something. <laughs> Welcome to leading people. I feel you need to not only keep track of, like, I've got my own to-dos, Right. I got the things I'm accountable for, things I need to get done or been asked of me. 
when I delegate a specific task, I will throw it on my to-do and kind of put like a prefix, prefix on it going, you know, Keith colon this. Just as a reminder, and then I'll set the due date for it for like a week or whatever to go follow up on it. Like if it was something ad hoc, otherwise, you know, we do that in the meetings, right? Like we've got objectives for a week and I don't, you know, and sometimes we'll say, Hey, yeah, well, let's, let's just touch base on Friday and make sure this is kind of going the way we expected. So there's no surprises next week when we come to the meeting. Cause right. as of right now, we're walking away from this meeting and these are the six things we're going to get done, you know, between the handful of us. Um, but I per- preferably want to kind of have like back to the report card analogy. I want to have that interim report card to kind of see, Hey, are we on track or not? Sure. Um, because I just hate losing time. I know time we're not getting back. Um, and, and, you know, we don't want to have surprises, you know, when we, you know, at our, right. We, what we talked about earlier, X to Y by when Z. So we're, right. if we're agreeing in a meeting that we're going from X to Y by this time next week, if it's a really, if it's a needle mover, I kind of want to know we're on track for that halfway through. You know? Sure. Um, that's because, part of your control. <laughs> um, well, if you're looking farther than just a week at a time, you need to know, right? Sure. There, yeah. Dude, there's check-ins, first drafts. Call them whatever you want when you're doing yeah. something. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, and and listen, it's if you're working on things that are as important, and this all depends too, right? I mean, it's yeah. a scalable thing of what you're talking about. If you're talking about a $500 million merger, you may get date updates daily on stuff, right? Sure. You may you may get that where it's like this way. I, I would I would make an argument that most I work for a company that uh, even as a junior project manager, um, if I owned a project every Monday, I was talking about it. And it made only three sentences, sure. and but it may have been I the way that the way that you handle this though as a leader, this is important. I think really important for what you're saying because I think. There could be people that misconstrued of what you're doing as as micromanaging, and yeah. I don't I don't believe. First of all, that's not I know what you do, um, but I think it's also important for people to understand that it's it's not just about you know you could get you can get someone who's like stay out of my shit I got it that that's not the point of what people are trying to do right from an overall standpoint up above. Your job, and I can tell you from a project manager, from a, from a certified person who, who is it, there's a point of just saying, I need to move my needle on my board forward, right? I have a sliding board that's saying, I'm in control of these things, or I'm, I'm, I may not be doing the work. There may be a technical writer. I need to know that that project is moving along at the pace it needs to be, because where can I help, right? Because yeah. that, if you, and if you take that attitude, you lose the micromanagement in you know thing of saying can i help do you need any help with it no i got it i'm all good and we needed to do that it's not always you know and and it can get misconstrued misconstrued i i absolutely understand that it can it can be looked upon like micro micromanagement but but as you do it i mean it might be hey take out the trash every week well you may not need to check on that you maybe that that check may be as i'm going to my car i see it's done very yeah, different yeah. than hey man did you guys get the, you know, very different of how you I, do that? I, I think I find myself doing it with trickle effect items, right? Sure. Like, you know, a lot of things we're doing right now with the rebrand and the new courses and, and offerings and things. We're like, we're in the middle of a launch and, you know, we're on a timeline and some things are dependence, right? We need this done because it's going to go into 
all of our course material, you know, as a whatever. And, and we want to start that next week, right? So it's important to know that that is on track. And, and you know, in our, in our traction module, um, as an example, uh, you have what's called quarterly rocks, which are your most important items that you're going to get accomplished in a quarter. These are your kind of quarterly projects. Big rocks, little rocks. And yeah. Um, and so, so in, in traction, you, you'll learn that the rocks are assigned you know, at the beginning of the quarter, you do offsite, you decide what these most important items are amongst the team, get them assigned out, take them on as projects. And on your weekly meetings, you don't really talk about them. You know, the, the reporting is simply each week you run down the rocks and the people go on track, off track. That's it. Now, if someone says it's off track, well, maybe we'll have a talk about it because now that now there's an issue to talk about. But if it's on track, there's not really anything to talk about. Um, so it's 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 a way to just make sure that understanding that there's a lot of moving parts that are kind of in tandem that may have some dependencies. And if one part's falling behind, it's important maybe for, for the whole to know. Um, so definitely. Yeah. And I, I appreciate you saying it's it's, the, you know, bring clarity to the. It's not micromanaging. It's Correct. it's it's leading. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Proactively, I mean, you know, keeping, frankly. I mean, we used to say trust but verify, right, all the time, and, and and that got it got a bad connotation because then people who were micromanaging were saying the same thing, and then you're like, wait a second. But the truth is, and this leads us into the last part of the book. We've talked about the four disciplines, but it does give you like an example of like a wig session, right? And being able to, and what you're talking about is exactly it, right? It's clear. It's concise. It's it's making sure that it's it's happening every single time, right? Every single time at the same week, the same time, and people are bringing these very simple, simple messages of of whether they're they're executing either on track or off track. Yeah. And again, it may not be. Actually, it could be on track, off track, and but it's probably more like, yep, nailed that piece of the puzzle today. We moved, uh, you know, we moved the needle fifteen things. I may need you for blah, 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 because you're the CEO and you've got some weight behind you. I'll give you a call if I need you this week, blah, blah, blah. Just yeah. as a heads up. And yeah. it's the next project, go, right? And that's what we did. I'm, I'm, I I try the places I go to implement that. That's simple. You, you get people who want to talk deeper into things. You get people who want to go off track with stuff and lead down. You can. It's, it's really easy to lead down rabbit holes, honestly, the more you do speak, but it's it's good just to be able to say we're good because then it leaves other people out of what you do. And, 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 you know, and you, you don't fall into the um, micromanagement mentality. you just fall into the either, you know, we're good to go. I trust my people. Right. Which yeah. is what we've talked about before. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. But I mean, I think uh, as far as the book, yeah, the four disciplines, uh, of execution. Focus on what's wildly important. Discipline one, discipline two, act on the lead measures. Those are your leverage. Discipline three, keep a compelling scorecard. And I like the use of compelling too, right? It talks about engagement, sure. it, you know, the fulfillment, the feeling of achievement, uh, compelling scorecard. And then discipline four, create a cadence of accountability. So um, other than that, it, it's a great book. Uh, I think it gives a lot more than just the philosophical you know, that high level stuff. Uh, we're, we, what, all we've talked about today is really part one. Uh, sections two and three dive into actually implementing these ideas, um, mm -hmm. which, mm -hmm. which again, like you were, I, I think you were saying this earlier, talking about adopting a framework. Um, you know, it, it gives you something, like we talked about, it gives you something to start with. 
and then review, reflect, adjust, keep going. So, uh, you know, I like these books when they kind of give you the, give you the starting point so that you can kind of see the results and, and make the decisions as far as I, you I and I I look at this book and I think it's I don't I don't know if it's one of your like in Lions Guide, you guys are going to see very soon that uh, Dale and I are both going to do little uh, little episodes for ourselves about our five favorite books and why is coming out. I don't, is this one of your top five or no? I'm not putting you on the spot and I'm not, I don't think McChesney is uh, going to look this up, but. Well, look, if we're. It's not I, one of talk, mine. Yeah, and so, a, so, you know, my pillars of, you know, my pillars of personal freedom for a business owner. So when we talk personal development, professional development, leadership development, this would definitely go in my professional development pillar. Is it a top five book for a business have? owner? If we're talking about no, professional. Not, but, that's not what I'm talking. I'm talking <laughs> overall your top five books. For a business it? owner? Yes. If I if I have to say yes, I would say. You don't have to say anything. I need 10. I need five for you professional. You know, you get five. You don't know. See, this is, this is the point, people. This is what we're talking about. <sighs> We're talking about wildly important. Your so, top five so this wildly is on important the record, book. Like I'm running through my role. So, so I here's, keep the, here's over. my point. So let me, I'll, I'm going to let you, it, I'm yes, going to let you big I, off it, the book. It, it'll make all five. I, I okay. It, it won't, five. it won't make my five. And here's the reasons why I think what we've talked about before with it, and this is the wrap up portion of it, of why it's not, it's in a leadership book for it, It's in a business book for me about leadership, about a certain skill set that you want to master as you move through. I think it's a secondary skill set to master about execution for a few reasons. One, I think you need to learn about your team first and how you guys do and your basics of your business. And I'm not saying this doesn't do that. I'm not saying it doesn't even focus that. But I think there's an exploration in this learning period, this discovery period that a lot of business owners have. And sometimes you've gone through it already. So you, it may be a first book that you go and get after you hear this, right? But to me, it's, it's and, and again, there may be people that go, I'm a data person guy versus I'm a people person guy. And I think you have to be the best of both worlds to be a really good business and, uh, leader. To me, when I look at it, I, I look at it as like, if you're at the point with your business, you could absolutely read it in Dale's, uh, like to Dale's point, you could actually read your top five and be, you would absolutely learn something from it. Implementing it, I think it's got to be in baby steps if you're just starting out because you're just getting used to the car, what it can do, right? How fast you can go, right? All that kind of stuff. Now you've done that. Now you say, okay. Well, you don't know what problems to solve for. True, speech, and, right? But, yeah. but a lot of it is also right. It's discovery. Yeah. It's like we don't even know what we don't know, right? Yeah. And I, that was one of the things when I made uh, uh, Master Chief and I made Command Master Chief. It was I knew a, a, one of the final questions I was going to ask when I took over from another Master Chief was going to be, "Hey, tell me something that I don't know and don't even know to ask you about," right? So I knew I had that was a question for myself. The other ones were easy. What's the CO like? What's the people like? What's the climbing like? What's the squadron like? Blah 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 blah. The last one was always that. I think this is that now that I know and I have a good sense of who we are, now let me put the execution to it and see what we can get out of it, right? So now it's the it's the painting the, the car or, or souping it up and putting in the, the, the turbo power and all that kind of stuff. That's where I think this comes in. Um, and it could happen right away. You could say, hey, I just started my business six months later. I have a good set. Now we're going to start to go and, and use the four disciplines and, and really start to to finite all of our stuff. I think that's a good thing. Cause I think there's a, there's learning lessons in it. And so 
Um, that's just my yeah. opinion again. And I'm, I'm everybody's different, but, um, overall great book, great, great kind of focus on what you wanted to do. Taking the first one, just the wildly important stuff and making sure is that is, you know, if you take none other than it from the beginning, you can, you could definitely take that one from the beginning and look at it all, but overall great book. Um, like I said, we didn't streamcast this one. Um, just going to be posting on a couple places for us this, this week. And, uh, actually at the end of the month, actually for, for this, um, when we do, uh, doing a little early, but listen, uh, great book this month. Uh, great book overall for August. Uh, looking forward to seeing what we have for you. September that'll come out in a couple weeks, um, when we do it, but otherwise, um, great job. Thanks on Lions Guide today. We appreciate it. Look forward to, Next month, uh, when this comes out in a couple weeks, actually, will be uh, Everyday Leadership uh, will be hitting the streets, which will be excited to, to see you guys sign up for that. Um, other than that, that's all we got. And uh, thanks for stopping by today. We appreciate it. Uh, and as always, flip out. Have a great week. See you guys.